0: They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Yotas B, the supporter's back for episode 269. John's here. Hi, John.
2: That's impressive that you actually looked up what episode it was before we started with this. John, it's the only show prep I did. It might be a first, actually. That's actually getting more the episode number correct. Yeah. After 269 episodes, we finally figured something out.
1: I don't even know if that's accurate, but I think it is. Um, we are. It's this is the nice guys episode once again because Stu is busy. I'm gonna do very sarcastic air quotes here. Doing charity work. Yeah, please, please. He's drinking at a bar, and uh, and Mister Chicken Finger 69 is coaching I don't even know anymore I assume coaching
2: the guy the guy coaches most more sports than John Gillardi at St. John's in 1965 when they had one coach for all their sports right yeah a universal coach
1: an all-time coach yep that's what he does which has to be I I really want to get him back on here for lots of reasons just because I I miss him and I miss his musk but I just want to talk to him about coaching and how frustrating that must be because I'm an assistant coach for my seven-year-old this year, and we've had two practices in one game, and I want to blow my brains out. And I'm an assistant coach for a seven-year-old. Why is it so
2: bad? I mean, it's seven-year-old baseball, so on one level I can understand completely why it's so bad. But on another level, you love baseball. Well, the main reason is the the reason that you – uh
1: pointed out right away they're seven-year-olds this is not a sport for seven-year-olds they are scared of the ball which they should be we play with hard baseballs uh one kid uh 30 seconds into the before the game started um when we were playing catch of course got hit in the face and uh just righteous bloody nose just (laughs) all over the place and he's freaking out he thinks he's dying i'm sure with oh all, yeah how much blood is spewing out of his face I probably would think the same so the other kids are now even more terrified um it's just it's a sport that is not conducive to 7-year-old life they're, they're bored they're standing around before the first pitch of the first game I looked into the outfield and a bunch of kids were already sitting down <laughs> And, you know, you have to try to find this balancing act of, like, make them better and make them understand, like, you got to go to practice if you want to play in the game. But also, we all know it's this is dumb bullshit. We're just trying to bite our time until it can all be over. So, it's just a bunch of people looking at their watches, hoping time would move faster. Um, I'm sure it'll get fun at some point. I totally have hashtag faith. but, uh, But right now, it's not good. And that's, again one sport as an assistant coach. So I am just, I can't believe he's still, well, it does explain a lot of why he's so angry all the time.
2: <laughs> you know, that's a good point. He was probably a very normal, nice person before he started coaching youth sports. And now he only has one outlet for all of his anger. Cause you can't back, back when our, let's say our parents were doing youth sports. Back then, you could just beat the children that you were coaching, and everyone would just be fine with that. You yes. can't do that anymore. No. So now he has to take it out by yelling at us on the internet.
1: Right. Which I suppose is a step in the right direction, yeah, but it's a I pretty small step.
2: It's a net plus for society and a net minus for us.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, that's very true. <clears throat> um Okay, let's talk about the big news. And the big news is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Our Minnesota yes. Timberwolves have hired a new head boss. And his name is? John, do you... John, take it over. John, uh, go... You, okay, I, here's the thing. John, this is the Nice Guys episode. And one thing that we have in common is we don't really know how to pronounce fairly complicated names. But I. This is not a complicated name. I've mentioned it before... What we're actually saying when we, when we mention that is we're secretly bragging that really we don't have any time for TV watching because we're too into reading. So we know how to spell his name, but we haven't heard it said out loud at all because we're, we're just bookworms. So I'll, I'll give it a whirl. I'll give it a whirl. I think his I, name is Gerson
2: Rosas. I think that's correct, but here's the problem. As a long time, long term name mispronouncer, when I go to say Gerson Rosas, at any point, I'm going to come up with Gary Carter or something like that. Uh huh. Maybe it's a soft
1: G. Maybe it's Gerson. Maybe it's Jason Rosas.
2: See, now it's over. It's like you see a guy whose name is German in baseball. His name's not German, it's Hermann. It's not. Because he's Latin. Correct. But in your mind, you see it, and you're like, "Ah, oh, it's German Marquez." Why did his parents name him after a country? That's weird. Hmm. But but you know that's not right. And see now, just talking about it now, I want to call him Herman Rosas. That's not his name. So it could be Harrison. It could be Gerson. It could be there could be a Y sound. I don't even know. I might just call him Rick Odoman.
1: You probably will. And I don't even think Odoman's correct. And you just double yeah. Down. As,
2: Everyone <laughs> that was that that was that was the joke in this case, Brandon. I ah, mispronounced Rick Edelman's name a million times. So many times. <sighs> anyway, let's let's not talk about my predilection for mispronouncing names so well, much I think as we, should we talk about in, this higher. Let's lean into it for a quick second
1: because as is our tradition here at the Sportive, we refuse to call any executive or really anybody around here by their given name uh, it has to be a Correct. nickname um and typically we try to simplify to a to a ridiculous degree so uh, i've got a few uh, names here that it could potentially be okay i want you we'll we'll do a uh, name knockout round okay okay so do we want to go with the standard gerson rosas or geraldo rivera geraldo rivera is better okay all right geraldo rivera or gordon ramsay Oh, man. Gordon Ramsay. Okay. Gordon Ramsey or Glenn Robinson. And then, by the way, you could call him Big <laughs> Dog. That's Big Dog Robinson. Now, the problem <laughs> is that's Robinson. a lot of overlap with basketball. Whew. So now it seems like we actually do think it might be Glenn Big Dog Robinson.
2: But Boy. Uh, so it's Gordon Ramsey or Glenn Big Dog Robinson. That is a tough one. I have not thought about Glenn Robinson since I was a good 14 years old. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Gordon Ramsay. Okay. Uh, Gordon
1: Ramsay or Gilda Radner?
2: <laughs> uh, Gilda Radner. <laughs> Solid
1: uh, winner there. This is the last round. Gilda Radner or Gavin Rossdale? Gavin Rossdale. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I know. They're both very nostalgic.
2: <laughs> oh, Gilda Radner. I'm sticking with Gilda Radner. Okay. Man. I, not to get off on the music track for a while, but I remember being in about junior high school yep. and I just thought Bush was amazing. They and were. And I went back and uh, I'm not Mr. Mr. Lyrical genius or anything, but the the sheer nihilist nonsense of the lyrics of that era is, it's hard to get by now. I don't. Really? I don't necessarily need them to be poetry, but you're just saying stuff, man. So you went back through their catalog more recently. No, I didn't. I didn't do anything of the sort. I listened to a couple of Bush songs, and oh. I was like, "Man, this is this is this is still good." But what is he talking about? Was it maybe? Maybe my music, brain though? has been. What's that? How was the
1: actual music when you re-listened?
2: Well, I mean, it's. Loud guitar music So it's going to be good right? Yeah I thought they were Pretty hot shit I'm in in no way qualified to talk about The musical Quality of Bush I just remember being 14 years old And thinking it was awesome Because it was loud and guitar based
1: Well I think we're probably the only people There's like a two year span of age Anyone from age 36 to 38 Are the only people qualified To talk about Bush that's true.
2: Nobody else remembers them, I wouldn't think. No. God, no. It'd be weird if they remembered them for like, the wrong reasons. I feel like Stu would be angry about them for some reason. He I, seems like the type.
1: Right. So, Stu is a few years older than us. We were in seventh grade when they were big. So, that means he was probably like... Yeah. Let's try to do the he math. He was probably
2: here. six or seven years out of college by that point. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah right. He was a a man of mid-30s. Second job. Right. Uh, his kids were in junior high. Maybe his <laughs> yeah. kids
2: liked it at the time. Yeah. I think his kids are the same age as we are.
1: He was probably like freshman in college or something. Maybe six years. That sounds about right. Uh, so I can see he was probably at the peak of his music snobness. And I right. bet, I bet Bush was awful to him. He was probably so into the Pixies and shit that he was just like, "Fuck these posers." I bet he said "posers" a lot too. I bet he did say posers a he lot. He seems like a guy who probably was really, really sensitive to posers. Right. Well, we'll find out if he uh, ever listens to this. He never will. No, of course not. Okay, Would so, you? Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> not for me, man. Uh, I am not for me. I am an acquired taste that I right. have not yet acquired. <laughs> uh, all right. So we want, we wanted to first get a consensus... Consensus on a sport of names. So we're going to go with yep. Gilda Radner. Gilda so Radner. We need to now talk about uh sport of consensus on the actual move, the higher. So I've got a couple of pros and a couple of cons.
2: All right. Well, I have to imagine. I just want to start by saying that every article I've read about this, which is a total of one article, mentioned that Gilda Radner has met and possibly shaken hands with your personal hero, Daryl Morey. So are you over the moon about this?
1: Well, let's walk through the list. I want to show the math. I want to show my okay. work. Show
2: your, show your work, Brandon. Okay. In
1: the pro column, um, I got a T-chart. I made a T-chart by him. <laughs>
2: Thank goodness. You got the debits on the one side, the credits on the other side. Debits and credits. Let's make yep. this happen.
1: Like counting 101. Um, number one is he's not in the Glenn Taylor Country Club. He's not an. Inner that's a pro. Guy. That's a huge pro. That's in the credit. I love that. Okay. Uh, two, he's not a former player. I think that's a good okay. thing. It could be, you know, I, I think it's a pro for me because I think Glenn Taylor could be convinced that hey, I know this name. This guy was successful. Um, you're Kevin McHale's of the world, if you will. Um, sure and chauncey billups was uh a guy who is known as being a finalist I, chauncey billups might be a genius and we may someday look back and be like wow it was so obvious that chauncey billups was the next um Popovich well, no not popovich um the next sam hinkey if you will let's just if the wolves had chauncey.
2: hired chauncey billups i would have said you know i had no idea he was still playing but i guess it kind of fits in with what they're doing. They love old point guards. <laughs> yeah. How long they sign him for? Probably four years? Four right. years, 40 million, something like that?
1: Yeah, so he's been like a name that's been thrown around as being a potential candidate for some of these jobs. But as of now, he's inexperienced. So that was, I just thought like, oh, well, that's a guy who has some ties to Minnesota. He's got a, um, a pretty, impor- um, pretty impressive resume as a player. They're for sure going to hire him. But it's a pro that uh, Gilda Radner is not a former big name player. Or a famous name, not just it's just not a person that um, and because of that, um, if you look uh, look up uh, Wikipedia for forty five seconds like I did because I'm a professional, um, he started out um, he worked his way up like he started out as like a video coordinator. That means he has to have done something right in a really smart organization. Uh, he also was the GM of a G league team, which you know it's something. And he was the GM for four years, and his team won it all two years. That's pretty cool. All right. And my last pro is that Glenn Taylor was not directly involved in the
2: hiring. Well, we say that, but I unless you've read six or seven more articles than I have, which would put you at seven or eight, how sure are we that that's true? Well, Johnny, Johnny sounds Cross like-
1: said that he... Did not was not involved in the first round of interviews. He may have met him the second round, and then they just were like, you're hired. So he was not part of the selection process to get it down to right. the four or in those first interviews.
2: Well, so, that's, that seems like the best
1: possible move. Glenn Taylor gave Andrew Wiggins $150 million, but only after he looked him in the eye and shook his hand. Right.
2: He looked him... He looked over him. He looked at the cut of his jib kind and said, jib. "I'm gonna. This is gonna be okay.
0: Sign
2: I up. want you here for the maximum number of years and dollars that I'm allowed to give you." He said, "Son, your jib cut. I'm into it." And that was uh, it. Glenn Taylor doesn't even know what a jib is. He's <laughs> from Mankato or how it's cut. No, no clue. Right, but he no. likes to cut of Andrew Wiggins' jib. Yep,
1: exactly. So those are all good things. Um,
2: Now all I can think about is what is a jib and how is it cut?
1: Yeah. I'm going to
2: need... Let's just pause this podcast, see if we can learn something about jibs. Jibs are boat things, right? Uh,
1: Explain cut of jib. You know, it's interesting that I'm doing this because I guarantee... um, no one is listening anymore. They have all <laughs> left to go look up what that actually means. There um, was, a yes, jib right. is a boat thing. It's any a jib is a boat thing. Various triangular sails set forward of a force uh, sails. Sales. So I like the cut boat of the, the cut of the the uh, sailboat thing. Like that's gonna really be aerodynamic and let you. You know, mm. yep. Fly, sail the, into the wind, sail into the wind, or out of the wind, wherever you want. You cut it nicely. I love the cut of your jib. Okay, back to back to Gilda Radner.
2: <laughs> back to sports and something that might be interesting to someone.
1: Yes, uh, I have a con. He was hired as the GM of the Dallas Mavericks about ten years ago. Okay, and then after three months, quit. And went right back to Houston. I think he was like a mid-level guy at Houston. I think got hired by Dallas. Three months in. Now, I can't imagine how unbelievably awful the situation must have been to leave after three months. Um,
2: Wait. Why did he leave? Did they fire him after three months?
1: They just said they both agreed it wasn't a good fit. Now, I think is- the word on the street is, and this word is probably coming from Gilda's agent, is found out when he got there that cuban and rick carlisle were really the decision makers and there was a little bit less but again that seems like something that would have come up in an interview a pretty pretty basic question to ask at the beginning of who's reporting to who here and who has 51 (laughs) percent. at the end end of the
2: interview (laughs) that's one of the questions you want to ask they say do you have any questions for us and you say Yeah, actually, I do. Am I going to be in charge of things or?
1: Yeah, just a quick one. Uh, What's my role? Right. Well, I GM. Oh, okay, cool. Just a quick follow up. What do I do? (laughs) And if you would have asked that, they would have said, well, you're going to be getting coffee for cubes.
2: Was that let's let's put this in the best possible light. Was that when the Mavericks organization was. Famously employing all of the sexual harassers in the Dallas area, I think so. Yeah, if you were maybe on, he got there, there and there no just decided he wasn't he wasn't down with all of that.
1: Sorry, I let's just give him the benefit not as good of the good doubt. At sexual harassing as the rest of you, you guys have a gift for it. I do right. not. I tried, it just wasn't working out for me.
2: I like this. Our guy has our guy Gilda Radner has personal scruples in addition to having shaken hands with Daryl Morey. Too much integrity. For the Dallas Mavericks. love a scruple. Love a scruple. He's just oozing with scruples. Right. He's covered in scruples.
1: <laughs> okay, so that's... But that seems like a con either way. He should have asked some more questions at the interview. Uh, but also, it's it's kind of a half con because he... If he was a disaster, I can't imagine Houston would have rehired him. So that's something... It wasn't unemployable. Anyway, um, the second one is, again, not really a con, but it should go in the... My T-chart has become a little complicated here, but um, kind of in the shrug emoji column. Okay. But I would say, I think we know this, history is littered with failed second bananas of bosses with a really strong um, point of view. personality. I'm obviously thinking number one of everyone who has worked for Bill Belichick has been somehow uh, dumber than the last one. Absolutely unemployable morons. But there's been a lot of like, hey, he was second in command at this uh, successful organization, and then they're just completely useless on their own. So it's possible that uh, his actual best role was being a pretty good advisor to Daryl Morey to make all the decisions. And then when he has to like be the one to make the decisions, they're bad. So we should know that eyes wide open going in. He's not, but I I don't know. So again,
2: I don't think that's a con. I think it's a shrug emoji. Yeah, we don't. It's, it's like the draft. You take a guy and you have some idea of what he might do, but you don't know until he actually gets out there. Yes, he we is don't more know of like a guy
1: we acquired in the draft versus a guy we acquired as like a free agent. We're like, oh, you've done this exact job somewhere else, so we know that you can do it. You've done it before. It's not he's not that. He's not like we just pulled in the GM from Golden State. Like gave him three times the money. Like that's different, right?
2: Right. So who knows? I mean, I'm still a little bit gun shy. I feel. I I feel a certain amount of trepidation given that when the Timberwolves hired Tom Thibodeau and his band of merry men, uh, Scott Layden and whoever else came with him, Mm -hmm. it was pretty, it was pretty much agreed that the Timberwolves were finally doing the right thing, that they were hiring a well respected all caps basketball guy who ate tape and Just loved basketball and loved the game and was well respected and was going to serious up the organization and there was nothing about the Tom Thibodeau tenure that wasn't a disaster it was just it was like David Kahn all over again in a very different way and so I'm a little gun shy that everybody seems to think well this is a good hire this is a guy who actually knows stuff and the more people like it, the more worried I get. Yes, that's very fair. We have deserved
1: this cynicism. We've earned it. Right. This is a hard earned cynicism. Yes. Um, I also very much think I would never. It's that old joke from. Ugh, I'm going to say his name. Woody Allen, I think, is the guy who made this joke. I hope it wasn't. Um, I would never okay. want to join a club that would have me as a member. Groucho Marx, I think. Oh, God. Okay. Was he like a terrible human being, Groucho Marx?
2: Groucho Marx? I I don't know anything about Groucho Marx. Okay. I don't know if he ever worked for the Dallas Mavericks, but I suspect not. Yeah,
1: probably not. I don't think he was a good enough um, sexual harasser. Uh, anyway, Woody Allen would have been great in that stuff. Yeah. Um. So that's a Groucho Marx thing. But that's also true. Like, boy, if you're that brilliant, well, you would have said no
2: to this job, right? Right. You would have waited for another Dallas Mavericks style job to come open.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's it's not on its face a laughably bad hire for right. sure. We know that that hire would have been somehow again Kevin McHale coming back. That would have been a <laughs> thing where you <we'd> go, "What?
2: <laughs> we'd that, be legitimately
1: that, worried." Like oh, that Jesus. would have
2: been a thing. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah.
2: But you could totally. I would not have been one bit surprised if Glenn Taylor would have stood up in front of a podium and said, We want to go back to something that's worked for us in the past and it's going to work for us again. It's going to be Kevin McHale, who's going to be our president of basketball.
1: We have hired Ryan Saunders' mom.
2: Well, (sighs) not a bad idea. (laughs) Still better than Kevin McHale. (laughs) Still. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's usually where we're at with these things. So mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll have to see. Yeah.
1: Okay. But since it's just us as the nice guys, we can have the sport of consensus, and the other two do not have a public forum—at least an audio forum—as of now to debate us. So are we going? What's our sport of consensus point of view on the hiring of one Gilda Radner?
2: Oh, I. I want to know how you are feeling, Brandon. I think the official sportive position is going to be your position on this.
1: Okay. Sportive <laughs> consensus says... Big
2: win. Big win? Big Ooh. Win. Yep. That's too much optimism. I'm already nervous about it.
1: Uh-huh. Yep. You should be. It's going to end badly. They're the Wolves, but... um. There's not a whole lot of people saying negative things about him, and I think if you remember David Kahn being hired, almost immediately, lots of people out of the woodwork going, huh? What? Why would... <laughs> uh, if you remember Kurt Rambis, people I were do remember laughing at us. Laughing. Belly. <sighs> big, huge belly laughs from those asshole Lakers fans. And we knew immediately. Oh, boy. That's... Whoops. That was a mistake. The team that he worked for hates him and thinks he's useless. They shouldn't even really know about him. That's how dumb he was. He had to like be a coach for four games when Phil Jackson was out in fucking Budapest or something. And he was that big <laughs> of a disaster that, uh, so so we know awful hires when they happen. Um, and so we need to be optimistic about this. He's learned some shit at Houston about what works clearly. Um, he may not be as a big a genius as Daryl Morey. Of course, that's fine. But uh, we'll have an outsider perspective. Seems very friendly. So not like Thibodeau, who is known for being a, a big old uh, fuck face, jerk. Right. Um, so we'll see. He could end up being kind of an uninspiring, the Jimmy Carter of GMs. That could happen.
2: <laughs> that could totally happen. <laughs> we could just call him Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter. <laughs> All right. right. Yeah. So i have a, I have one more follow up question. If you were Gilda Radner, uh-huh. is Ryan Saunders your coach next year? Hmm.
1: You know, Johnny Craw was landing on pretty thick in his
2: article that the players really want Saunders to come back. Is that a good or a bad thing? Is that a is that a debit or a credit on this one? Yes, it's a good call. Um,
1: that would make me. I I would take some credence in that. I mean having player support is pretty important. Um but it obviously wouldn't be like a well well Carl, if you like him then he's he's staying. Um in general with the way these things go, you assume they he uh gets a new coach. I would want to pick my own coach. <coughs> There's some really unbelievably smart guys out there that are more qualified technically than Saunders. Saunders' only qualifications as of now I think are just this half season, right? I don't think he was a wasn't he a bench coach for us his whole
2: He's the, been an assistant for a number of possibly just the Gophers and the Timberwolves. I don't actually know.
1: I think he was an assistant for the God, I, I listeners love when we just theorize <laughs> when we, on have, no we, we just, have no facts and just no idea and we have
2: the internet Boy. right in front of our faces. Um <laughs> But like the looking wizards, at a computer right now, I'm not, not going to look. Yeah, yeah. I think he was a. I think he was a Whitman assistant. I think you're right. That famous Randy Whitman coaching tree is finally bearing fruit here. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. But there are a bunch of guys who are probably super qualified, uh, more qualified that he could choose. So if I were Gilda Radner, he, I probably would want my own coach. Right, I mean, I'd want Dave Yeager.
2: He's been successful. He also has been canned from two places, so maybe he's but he's from Minnesota, so One I don't know us. again. is that a debit or a credit? He probably knows Glenn Taylor already. Mm-hmm. Debit or a credit? I'm not Ooh. sure. true. very true.
1: Um, I would chew. I I would bring in Sam Hinkie as my number one thing. As you know, you know, <laughs> as your coach, a shit,
2: sure, coach. You're gonna hire Sam Hinkie as your fucking coach. fucking
1: ball boy, uh, assistant GM. I I'll Relations, say right, assistant right now, assistant to the traveling
2: secretary. I don't give a shit. I just here's your paycheck. I will absolutely accept Sam Hinkie as the Timberwolves new ball boy. One hundred percent. I'm right there. <laughs> That little tubby short
1: guy waddling around trying to grab basketballs to get yeah, back to Yeah, he can Jared have that,
2: that towel on a stick thing. He can do that either end of the court.
1: Yeah, I love that. Right. It's good for flexibility. and am here get for older, that. That mobility is really important. Right. got warm back, up. That lumbar, yeah. Yep. The so sport of consensus says, we heart Gilda, Gilda Radner and we are on board. And Gilda and Radner, Sam invite, for Ball Boy. And Sam Hickey for Ball Boy. Both of them have an open invite to come on the number one sports basketball podcast uh, <laughs> in the in the local yep. area. It will the
2: only fact free basketball program, <laughs> basketball <laughs> podcast you can possibly be on.
1: Yep. Open invite.
2: Yep. Sam, you're the GM at a GM, and I want to say Cleveland. We're not going to look this up.
1: Nope. No clue. Uh, all right, so I also think we should have some quick hits
2: about the NBA playoffs while we're talking hoops. Sure, this is your open floor. I, I do this for you, Brandon, because right. I care. This is your open floor to talk about the Philadelphia 76ers.
1: Well, I'm not. I'm going to stay. They've they're underdogs. They're very big underdogs to the Toronto Raptors,
2: and that's fine. Um, if they lose, you, that's you okay. say that I'm okay with that. But it. this is. This is the Toronto Raptors. They're playing in the second round of the playoffs. This is where it goes wrong for the Raps.
1: It usually does. This is a. I'm going to be conflicted and it'll be bittersweet either way because if Toronto wins, I'm going to cheer for Toronto really hard the rest of the playoffs because I really like them. And if they lose, that's hilarious. And then my Sixers get to move on. So I win and lose either way. But I think uh, what's becoming more and more obvious, although it's always been obvious to me, is that none of this matters. The fucking Golden State Warriors, who I hate more every single day, are going to run away with this thing and barely break a sweat. They don't even have to try, John.
2: They don't even have to play well. Is, hasn't that been obvious so much? Pretty much? I mean, you say this like you're just discovering it this week but that's been true for five years now. I know it's just frustrating to
1: see it all come to life every single year. There's not one team has been able to mount any sort of, it turns out when you have an all-star team, it's pretty easy to win. And so it's very, it's very annoying and very frustrating. And they're not even that fun that much more, you know, it used to be like, Oh my God, look at, they just shoot all these threes. What an interesting, fun, whatever. like, all the teams kinda look the same now. They all just bomb they all just are bombs away, right? Um they have better shooters, so they go in more often and that's why they win. I'm doing the jerk off motion the entire time I'm talking to you. It's just it sucks. It all really sucks. The playoffs are kind of fun, but it's just coming to a point when they have they beat Houston two games and Houston was probably gonna be the best bet of a challenge here. Uh so it's already looking like that series is heavily favored to Golden State, and then they're just going to cruise through the fi- the Western Conference Finals, and then I can't imagine, maybe the Finals will be fun. I'm hoping for a few games beyond a sweep. That's really all we can hope for right now.
2: Who would be the best opponent for the Warriors in the Finals, the best here being the one that has the best chance of beating them? It's tough to say. Uh, Milwaukee had the best defense in the league this
1: year. Or maybe in uh, last I saw it, at least. Let's just go with it. Um, so you would think that they can probably stick with him. And they have Giannis, who's amazing. Golden State doesn't have anybody who can, like, well, I guess Durant. Um, but defensively, Giannis is just crazy overpowering. But then Toronto is really deep, and they've got Kawhi, who's going to be able to not lock down, but uh, really do some good damage on Durant. I don't think Philly stands uh, has a shot in hell. I don't think Boston has a shot in hell. Not even close at either one of those. So it'd have to be Milwaukee or or, uh, Toronto. But even that, we're talking like they may get
2: to a game six. Maybe. So, I feel like my pick would be Milwaukee just because Giannis might, and we're talking one in 500 chance here, but there's a chance that he could just absolutely somehow dominate the series and score like 60 points in every game. Mm -hmm. And that would be amazing to watch just from a historical perspective. Yeah, that's true. Yep. It would be super fun.
1: They're the more fun team to watch, I think. So, yeah. But anyway, same story, same as it's always been. Maybe they will break up
2: this year. <laughs> I love the idea that Kevin Durant might go to New York because he wants to prove himself on a team that's run by Nincompoops.
1: He really would be proving himself. It's a if he's going to give himself a challenge, he went from the biggest cop out move uh in I I stand by it in professional sports history to the most insane challenge a, a, a superstar has ever given himself. Like, the most polar opposite two things. So,
2: Who would uh, have a bigger challenge, LeBron in L.A. or Durant in New York?
1: <laughs> I would say uh, Durant, The two
2: best players in the league on the two worst-run franchises in the league.
1: Yeah, exactly. As of now, I'd say Durant because... Uh, New York was just so bad but then they also are going to get like a top pick so god that's a great question we should really be we'll monitor this once the decision it gets made if he actually does go there because that's just hilarious to me LeBron does well it's very funny because LeBron uh was hated because he went to a good team um you know when he was a free agent and it's almost like Kitty was like, how do I do that? But like a hundred times worse, (laughs) I know I'll go to the best team, not like the number five seed team. And then the exact same thing could happen this year. Like, Hmm, LeBron made a really stupid decision by going to a bad organization. How do I do that? But again, 10 times worse. Oh, I know the Knicks.
2: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah, it would be absolutely tremendous. To watch Kevin Durant trying and failing to make the Knicks relevant for the first time since Wes Unseld was playing there. Wait, no, wait. Wes Unseld played for Washington. Who am I thinking of? You're thinking of John Starks. I'm not thinking of John Starks, but good, (laughs) pull. You're thinking of Steve Novak. (laughs) I like when... You and I are doing the Nice Guys podcast, and it just devolves into naming guys.
1: Naming dudes. Just naming them. We're just going
2: to name dudes that played basketball.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um, the New York Knicks had a... Uh, mm. Walt Frazier. Walt
2: Frazier. That's correct. Good job, Brandon. Thank you.
1: It's hard for me to impress you with a, with a poll, but I'll take it.
2: <laughs> it's amazing that it took you only three guesses, one of which didn't count, to name <laughs> the guy that I was thinking of, but <laughs> incorrectly named.
1: Yeah. Anyway, that's the NBA. Uh, should we move on?
2: We should move on. Let's talk. Let's ta- oh, man. I hope you're about to say Minnesota Twins. Sure. Let's do it! Oh, the Minnesota Twins are going to win the World Series, and I know this because I assume they're going to play Baltimore every week until the end of the season.
1: I did some calculations, and this is the this is our famous historical annual Minnesota Twins sixteen point nine seven percent of the way through the season review because they are not quite done with this game tonight. Um, they are seventeen and ten as we speak. And uh, I'm going to jinx this, but it looks like they're going to end up being 18-10 and 10 after, fa- after uh, the game that's going on tonight against the Astros. So the problem here, as I understand it, is that's not good enough because we have only played shitty teams. Is that why we're not at a full... Well,
2: it's, it's a little difficult because... You look out there and you see that the Twins have the second best record in the American League, mm-hmm. but they've also played Baltimore the only six times they're going to play them.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And on the one hand, you have to beat the teams that you're playing, so beating Baltimore six times in a row is not is still an accomplishment. But on the other hand, coming into the night, they were six and zero against Baltimore and eleven and ten against the rest of the league, so it's not. It's not all that convincing. Then again, they might take two out of three from the Astros this week. And that would be something. So I, uh. I say, I say Mike, you were already giving them the win. People who are listening will know whether they won last night. True. But. We live in the, the past. The Twins, the Twins bullpen is coming up. This is going to happen. Your, your guy, Martin Perez has unbelievably pitched eight scoreless innings. Mm hmm. But now they're gonna have to put a relief pitcher in, and I don't know who it's gonna be. But I know that I'm scared. Was Marty Perez my bro? Please say yes. No, I don't think so. Th- I'm pretty sure Marty was Perez was your turd, Man. and we all ripped on you because you picked a guy with a career six and a half <laughs> ERA as your turd. That's, uh, such a poochy
1: move. So poochy. Um. So um. When we think about playing terrible teams, one thing that takes that into account is SRS on Baseball Reference, right. um, formerly run by our good friend Hans, who's now an insider. Um, so if I look at that, the Twins are seventh in the American League. That's not that's right in the middle, Brandon. They are point 0.1 SRS. So that's that's basically nothing. They're about average. Yes, exactly. Um, Baltimore's last. So the second to worst second to last team is Detroit at a minus one point two. Baltimore is a minus two point three. They are twice as bad as the second worst team.
2: If that indeed is how that scoring system works.
1: If that indeed is how that scoring system works. And yet again, once again, we should say we are not going to look that up. I'm not going to clarify.
2: This could be one of those things that one of the reasons that the Twins SRS is so low is because they've had to play Baltimore. Yeah,
1: exactly. And my other point was playing Baltimore. The number one team in the American League is
2: Houston. So we'll get some credit. Which, right. You know, I, I just want to say that everyone is a little bit everyone talks about hockey being random and it is. It's totally random. But we're right now looking at the twins possibly losing 11 to nothing last night and winning five to nothing tonight. And that is something else, man. Yeah. And the other night they won one to nothing. I know. Yeah. This is why I should never be allowed to bet on sports and neither should anyone else. What if I like losing money? Well, you could just send me money. That'd be fine.
1: Right. A little less dramatic, but
2: All right, here's what here's what we're going to do. You make bets against yourselves. Yep. If you win, you keep the money. If you lose, you send the money to me.
1: Ah, good. Yep. So I'll just like you'll just get a random Venmo of like, ah, nice win last night, buddy. <laughs> like, I don't even know what this
2: <laughs> This is this would be the only way for me to win at gambling. You should be a bookie. No, I don't think that's a good idea. Well, you would be
1: on the right side, you'd make money, and you would get to root for certain teams on sports because your dumbass friends would. Uh, it's all okay. So this well, let's make another T chart. Pro column, make right. money and
2: get to watch more sports, and it's justified right. because it's part those of those are business. pros. Third pro, you get to root against your friends and laugh at them when they lose, which you want to do anyway. So we got three right.
1: awesome pros.
2: All right, I see no downside.
1: I don't even know if we need to go. We don't even need to go into the cons column. There's no. Right. None, none of it's remotely worth
2: considering. Honey, if you're listening, I've got a new job. I'm <laughs> quitting the old day job. Right. A bookie. It's time to do something illegal.
1: Yep. Yep. Um, our guy, Byron Buxton, still having a pretty good year. He cooled down.
2: Yeah, but there was that it. one week stretch where he hit a double every time he came up to bat and that was glorious and delightful. Oh, and a stolen base tonight. Basically a double. I still love him. Oh, who is, uh, it's, it's a lovable team. Let's be honest, Brandon. It's a lovable baseball team and not just because they're winning in, in general, this is a, a, a team that you can like.
1: Some homegrown guys, some new guys, because mm-hmm. every once in a while you need some strange. And right? Nelly Cruz and C.J. Crone and Welcome to Marwin, that's yep. the strange we need.
2: John Scope is from Curacao. Totally that's cool. Some, that's weird. Mitch Garver just, just hitting the stuffing <laughs> out of the ball. I happened to look at the Twins' stats in the paper this morning, and they're 2 the two guys who are on top, they list them in order of batting average, are the Twins' catchers. Yeah. garver and astadio mm-hmm. that has they, i know that we got used to it with mauer leading the team in hitting but catchers are not good at hitting no, no they're like just barely above starting pitchers that's in why they terms had to start hitting because
1: they were so bad at hitting they're like well, right it's the only way i get to keep playing baseball
2: right. i can't hit they, <laughs> i can't hit and i can't run so what can i do
1: yeah, I just love playing ball, so here's what I'm going to do. I'll just fucking squat
2: all the time. Right. I'm willing to be in pain for my whole life.
1: So much I love the game. Yeah, they are they are so lovable. It's good. So I still... Okay, so what time is it for you on the bone o'clock?
2: Oh, I think, I think we're going up. What did I say last time? I think I said maybe 9 o'clock. I
1: think, yeah. Maybe
2: think 8.30? We 8.39, yeah. The was... bullpen was dragging it down. Yes, it was. Yep. The bullpen was six shots of whiskey. <laughs> I was going to say, like, heavy metal playing in the background. Like, oh, Jesus.
1: what? Why? I, I want to enjoy this. Why is Enter Sandman playing? <laughs>
2: yeah, all right. Uh I'm sorry. That's a that's a visual. Hold on. <laughs> I'm going to need a minute to come back from this one.
1: <laughs> We've all been there. All of a sudden your sure. wife turns on we- Megadeth. <laughs> Jesus. Honey.
2: He speeds. Honey, <laughs> not now. Save it for your workout. <laughs> All right, so the bullpen is heavy metal, but it's just it's a it's a ten thirty team right now. Yeah,
1: yep, I'm with you. I'm at ten thirty. That's another sport of consensus. And chicken fingers and stew cannot disagree with us because they have no audio platform.
2: Right? Twitter. I mean, count. would you agree with me though that the bullpen is the main thing that's dragging the team down? It's driving the, the main source of heavy metal. The main heavy metal, this.
1: yeah. There are sh- there are uh, other crazy loud noises that I don't like coming from the starting pitching at times. Uh, Mike Mike Pineda has been he was really struggling lately, yeah. right? Yeah, not great. Yeah, so there's that. But uh, God, they can mash, and it looks. I mean, again, who knows how long it will last? But. Kepler, Polanco, Cruz, Rosario, those all seem like fairly sustainable dudes who are
2: like are good hitters hitting well. So I'm enjoying watching CJ Crone hit repeated three woods into the first row of the <laughs> left field stance. 11 <laughs> like,
1: feet high the
2: entire everybody way. Everybody says, oh, he really golfed that one out of there. But these are not golf shots. These are you took out a sand wedge. And you were trying to hit the ball out of the fluffy sand, and instead you bladed it, and it went two hundred yards over the green. Yeah, that's exa- yeah. that. That's that's what C.J. crohn is doing. He's just blading the ball into the stands. There is nothing more deflating or embarrassing than one of those shots while golfing. <laughs> There's like, a lot. Golf is a great game for deflation and embarrassment. Totally, but I mean, that drive that you know you slice
1: it like crazy. Drives are tough sometimes out of the sand. Sands. Basically, shouldn't have even been invented. Who the fuck decided to... Anyway. but There, there was, a, to there was is... a
2: time in my life where I could play a golf shot out of a sand trap. Mm-hmm. And that time is long gone now. And so, oh, yeah. now the ball goes in the sand trap. And like everyone, you climb down there and you think, what am I going to do here? Am I going to actually try to hit this out of here mm-hmm. knowing that I'm going to make a total fool of myself? Or do I just sort of chip it out of there and look like a total wuss? What am I doing here? Or just
1: take it out of the sand trap and go, No. Yeah. I'm, not, Maybe we are I'm not at in the point. tournament. <laughs> that's what I do. I go I'm not keeping I score rem- anyway.
2: Right. I gotta remember that nobody from the USGA is observing my golf round at the par three course in Roseville.
1: I honestly it's one thing that's been helpful for me is like I don't keep score anymore. I just I'm not here to keep score. I don't give a shit. I'm not I'm not submitting the score. It's made it way wow. better. But for me, uh, there's nothing worse than pulling out the old sand wedge from 80 yards out and going, boy, if I could nestle this in, I get a little birdie putt, and then somehow getting right. a sand wedge 240 yards, just completely scald, and you go, wow, well, how did I, how am I halfway down the next tee box
2: now? I have a three wood back. How did this happen? <laughs> I'm just gonna keep going on this hole, guys. What do you, you <laughs> yeah. catch up yeah. whenever? Sorry, I'm. I'm, I'm gonna you. keep going over here. I already here. hold
1: out. Give me a triple. Yeah, it's not good. Anyway, CJ Crone, super fun to watch. Um, okay, so we we have another sport of consensus. It's ten thirty. Ten thirty. Ten thirty. All right. Uh, one more topic for you, sir. Uh, we owe we owe the listeners our full fledged, well thought through uh review grades what do we want to do for the vikings right. draft this
2: is huge this is our we've event, been right we've I been got, eating the tape
1: eating tape i've been in the film room i had to take off work i had to take a sabbatical right
2: by which i mean that we're hoping to maybe remember the name of one of the vikings draft picks okay
1: i got one and he's the first one so you can't you can't claim uh, okay that, right? And I'm not even sure that that I know that guy's name. Let's let's try to play this back. Um, remember
2: when we got in an argument about? Remember when you called Pat Elfline Tiny Elvis for a while? Yes. And after about twenty minutes, I just had to stop you and ask who the heck you were talking about.
1: That's right. So yeah, let there be no doubt. We are the the we are the crazy, good, amazing. We're the Will Hunting's of the NBA draft or NFL draft. Sure. I don't even know what sport we're talking about. Um, As I understand it, we drafted a center in the first round. And I think I remember his name. Is it Garrett Bradbury? That's correct. He played for a team in college
2: that I think wore black uniforms. I can't verify Mm -hmm. whether North Carolina State wears black
1: uniforms. North Carolina State. Okay. I thought Texas Tech. So, well, a little south of us. So, you know, basically the same school. Okay. So that means uh, he is, and usually guards just start right away. So he's our starter. And well, he's we, a
2: center. So I don't know if he's going to start a guard or not. Center.
1: Okay. Uh, but then we take our center, Tiny Elvis, and move him to guard. Right.
2: Yes, sure.
1: And then do we take our guard and move him to tackle, or do we take our guard and cut him?
2: Well, <laughs> the the way the Vikings' offensive line was last year, there's a, a big part of me that wants to make sure that none of those players ever play for the Vikings again. Yes. Yeah. And it, the weird thing was they just seemed to treat it like, Oh we don't we we're not worried about this. We can put anybody in a guard. Everything will be fine. And then everyone just sorta of, it turns out it didn't work real well. So It was it was disappointing. Yeah. So I fully support all new players in the Vikings interior line.
1: Okay, so but that do we have How do we get all new players?
2: I, I, we, most teams like to draft them or sign them from other teams. But what the Vikings have traditionally liked to do is to wait until it's too late in the draft to get anybody good and then just pick someone bad and hope.
1: But do we have free agents? Is that the free agency portion of the NFL done?
2: (laughs) No, I, I think it's still, I don't feel like, I I don't feel like there's bargains to be had in the free agent market. Okay. All right. I All think right. what what you have to do and I don't I don't necessarily know how to make a good team. I'm not I'm not an expert. But oh, here's he, here's what I can tell. The main thing that you can do to get good is draft guys low in the draft and then make them better. The guys that they draft at the top have to end up being great. The guys that they draft lower have to end up being good. Yeah. And that is something the Vikings have entirely failed at. They, they've taken offensive linemen in the draft, never high. They tend to take them low. They tend to be terrible and they, they never get any better and they disappear. The, the poster child for this is Bill Beavers. Bill Beavers. Yeah, of course. And the, you can't, you can't do that over and over again and get any better. You can hope to sign guys on the free agent market, like Mike Remmers or oh, who is that, Alex Boone. They, no. they sign free agents. They okay. just aren't very good because if they were good, their teams would keep them. So they they need they need these guys that they got down the draft to be good. They they drafted a guard in the fourth round from Oklahoma. They need him to be good They need to coach him up And they need him to be good for a long time Because that's the only way
1: Okay, in 2014 We drafted An offensive lineman Named David Yankee Is he still around? Right I don't think so Okay Okay. What about in 2015 When in the 6th round we drafted Tyrus Thompson Nope I think he ended up playing power forward in the NBA. Well, in the fourth round that year, we drafted TJ Clemmings. How's he? And? I've never heard of him, so that's a bad sign. <laughs> and so we said, you know what? TJ Clemmings wasn't great. So the following year in the fourth round, yes, there he is, the world famous Bill Beavers. Oh Jesus, that's not good. That is not good at all. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, John. La- two years, ag- three, three years ago, twenty seventeen. Danny Isidora, fifth rounder, guard. Now where is he in the depth chart? He's up there, right? Right. No, I don't know. Okay, and then in the sixth round, in twenty eighteen,
2: the world famous Colby Gossett, guard. <laughs> This this might be even more boring than us talking about how old you have to be <laughs> to appreciate Bush. So
1: I think I agree with you. They have fucked up all those picks.
2: And I do want to give a special mention to the Vikings drafting. And I know that you didn't pay a lot of attention, Brandon. So you're going to think that I made this up. You're uh-huh. going to think that we've criticized Rick Spielman for everything under the sun. And especially for some of his stupider draft picks of drafting kickers in like the second round. Mm-hmm. And so when I tell you what they did in the seventh round, you're going to think that I'm joking. Mm-hmm. And I want to, I want to assuage your fears. I want to alleviate your concerns. I want to assure you and I want to give you my personal word that I'm not making up what I'm about to tell you, Brandon. In the seventh round of the draft, knowing all of the team needs that they had, they drafted a long snapper from a military academy. <laughs>
1: Now I know what LS stands for on uh, uh, football reference, which I'm staring at. It's like left side, long a, a, snapper,
2: a long snapper,
1: and these guys are so <laughs> rare that you have to draft one and not sign one. No, 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 no. Silly.
2: From a military academy,
1: <laughs> Air Force, Air Force. Yeah, yep. Not good what man. about
2: he went to a college at a place where they taught him to fly planes you think he had a lot of time to learn how to snap the ball very well I I can't
1: think of though like his routine at at mini camp isn't that gonna be helpful Morning, breakfast make the bed
2: do they even have mini camps anymore Does training can't even, camp even exist yeah no clue Jesus unbelievable okay. so we talked about it's the first just pick. like It's just like he got to the seventh round and decided, you know what? I want to make sure that I do something that's entirely in keeping of everything that people make fun of me for. So he stood up, he put his shoes on, then he put his pants on over his shoes. Shoes on. he thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take a long snapper, but not just any long snapper. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take a guy from
1: a military academy. He gets up and here's what he does. Shoes on pants on same breakfast shoes off english muffin on, covered in gasoline and the shoes back on again he has to get english- <laughs> <laughs> he dumps gasoline on top of his super america super mom's donut every single morning right you know what he does when he gets into the office he drafts a fucking long snapper <laughs>
2: the best one. First thing he does turn on his computer just likes a little routine
1: he shuts it down at night, all the way down, which is good right. for updates. It oh. takes 20 minutes to boot back up, but he needs those updates just in case. Right. And then he just is just eating tape of long snappers. And he knew that this guy, you know what he likes, John? The cut of his jib. <laughs> he loved the jib on one Austin cutting. And had Loving
2: play. the jib. How can it be so wrong when it feels so right?
1: I can't believe we got him. He somehow stayed until the two hundred and fiftieth still on the draft. board at two hundred and fifty. Guys, there must be a there must be a typo here. There is no way Austin Cutting from Air Force, the long snapper, is available still,
2: <laughs> right? Yeah, not Austin Cutting, the, the running back from a good football school.
1: No, no, no. Yeah, Austin Cutting long from snapper. Ohio State is yeah. No, sure. Are you sure you mean the long snapper Austin Cutting? Because there is so many other. No, no, no. That's the one. I need him. They got to have him. Genius. A genius move by a guy who puts his shoes on before his fucking <laughs> pants. He pulls his pants over his shoes. Why? Don't ask questions. Just because. That's why. Okay. Okay. Herb Smith, tight end, Alabama. If he turns Honestly, into, into the next Gronk, I was that's okay. I was then more excited
2: thing. about Irv Smith because he was Irv Smith Jr. And I thought, that's great. And then I remembered that the guy who was on CBS when I was a kid was Irv Cross and not Irv Smith. So ah, damn, I'm slightly more down on Irv Smith than I was before. Right. Then they got some sort of bruiser running back, which, again,
1: <laughs> even the best running back in the league you can find on the waiver wire. A third round pick on a fucking running back insane so bad okay and then they did get a guard from oklahoma to the fourth pick that's cool then that's the that's the end of it i don't care about anybody else
2: <sighs>
1: sportive consensus says
2: not good but that's sort of that's our permanent sportive consensus on rick spielman it always is it always will be just not good
1: not good at all I don't know what he could do right now. Well, I'm definitely a person who can be swayed. If he had a good draft, I would admit it. I do. I'm fine with the center. I'm fine with Irv, but the running back in the third round bugs me, and he doesn't have any. He has not built up built up any goodwill in my brain. <laughs> I like all these picks. I know that that's stupid, but I think that's like the Bill Belichick move. That's fine, but nah. Meh, overall, that's my that's my thought.
2: <laughs> I just we should wrap this up because we've had enough talking about jibs. But yeah. I just want to point out that we were complaining about the Twins bullpen, and they Trevor Hildenberger did indeed come in and give up two runs in the ninth inning. But luckily, the Twins had already scored six. So yes, <laughs> the only strategy for dealing with the Twins bullpen is. To score enough runs before they get on the field that they really are going to struggle to give up the lead. God,
1: it's just so nerve-wracking. Not fun. If
2: only Mm -hmm. there was a proven relief pitcher that the Twins could sign, Mm -hmm. they could just go out and get him. They wouldn't need to trade for him or give up anybody. They could just give up money for him.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't know who that would be, though. You're dreaming, buddy. You're in a fantasy world right now. It's not that that easy. It's not that easy, Seems crazy to me. Nice try. Don't (sighs) don't know where you get a guy like that. Mm -mm. Nope, doesn't exist. Okay, so I'm going to say, okay, you gave me the sport of consensus final decision on uh, Gilda Radner. So I will give you the final grade sport of consensus. You know my thoughts on it. So you can give the grade. What is it? On
2: um, the Vikings draft?
1: Yep. Got to be in grade form. I don't know why, but that's how we do it.
2: Okay. I'm going to give two eggplants out of 10.
1: Two eggplant, A double eggplant. Yep. Out of 10. That's good. Yeah. I'm with you. Okay, good, John. What else you got?
2: I got nothing. Nothing? I got a desire to be done with this podcast before... Something even worse happens.
1: I can't imagine, but we can always find a way to dig a little bit right. deeper. Okay, good. Well, we'll get out of here. Uh, great Nice Guys episode. John, uh, let's, let's do this again someday.
2: Let's get Stu and that other guy let's, to come and podcast with us. We'll see if we can. Okay, bye, everybody.